0: Like, I'm the bread of life. Like, eat from me and you'll never hunger. Drink from me and you'll never thirst. And it's so true. And we have that privilege of doing that now. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't been, do it. Like, He is here. Uh, You can do that right now and enter into that fullness of Christ. Amen. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill
1: Podcast. My name is Kelly Doherty, and I'm your host. Today, I uh, have with me... uh, A friend of mine from Timberline Lodge, one of our torchbearer centers in Colorado. I happened to be at Timberline this week as the guest lecturer and thought it would be uh, interesting for you to be introduced to some different staff than just the ones at His Hill. Uh, And We've already met a couple of people from Timberline and thought this time I would ask Pete Hammond if he would uh, put some time aside and he was Willing to do so, and really thankful that uh, that he was just being so gracious to do this. He's a very busy man, but he's put some time aside for us. Pete, welcome.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on the show.
1: Well, it's good to have you with us. I um, I really do appreciate you putting this time aside. Well, uh, why don't you tell people
0: what is your position here? Sure, I am the program director at Timberline, and I'm also the assistant director. Okay. And I dabble in housekeeping and also in the kitchen and wherever <laughs> else is necessary. Uh, up here, um, a lot of snow shoveling as well. So it's been, yeah, a variety of things. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: not all of our listeners are alumni from His Hill. We have alumni from other Torchbearer Centers and people who have never really even attended a Torchbearer Center that listen. Sure. In. But uh just for people to help them understand a little bit what what's the ministry like here you know there's a lot of people that know that listen to the to the show that know what it's like at his hill
0: how would right. you describe it here yeah one of our visions for timberline is to cultivate and i think I love that term because cultivation reminds me of agriculture. Mm. And in agriculture, you have to, if you're tilling a field, you have to pull out the rocks and the roots and all the things that are going to hinder a crop from growing. So it's this process of cultivation. um, And we're cultivating a field ready to put seeds in and, and plant what God wants to do in the lives of students and guests who come to visit here. So it's cultivating a christ Uh, centered identity i think that's the core of our lives who we are in christ and who christ is and who he's made us to be and um, then it's it's not only cultivating that christ-centered identity but um how does this christ lead this community so it's living in a christ-led community and then finally um we also have a christ-empowered community ministry. So mm-hmm. it's Christ behind what we do, whether it's here at Timberline or whether it's heading out on on mission in the various places that the Lord takes us. So um, those are the three facets to what happens here and what we're about. Um, and we do that through running a Bible school which begins in September and goes through May. And then in the summer, we have a lot of youth groups that come and visit, it's our privilege to be able to present them, to them the risen, living Jesus. And um, for the second half of the summer, we run what is called the scent Week. So we host families and individuals and couples and uh, utilize this awesome creation that God has presented us with and blessed us with in this area, leading people out on hikes and bikes and rock climbing and uh, a variety of other things mm. and uh, have this opportunity. To live this life out here in Colorado, welcoming guests in and students in, and it's just a privilege to be part of.
1: Yeah, it's a unique setting that you have. You're here in Fraser, Colorado, so you're right next to Winter Park, so ski resort area. Um, You know, there's you you do a lot of the outdoor activities here Mm -hmm. that you head up. Yes, and and so there is a there there is something unique about that compared to you know what other Bible schools, even within Torchbearers, have to offer. Sure. Uh, But it is a
0: very beautiful setting. Um, How long have you been here on staff? I have been full-time with my wife uh, since 2004. So our 19-year-old girl who's at another Torchbearer Center right now, she was about six months old when we started here. Okay. Yeah, and my wife thought we were going to be here about maybe two to three years. Yeah. Lord has had other (laughs) plans than that, so it's been great.
1: Yeah, good. And how many kids do you have?
0: We have four children. All have been raised here at Timberline. So they're like Timberline alum. We have four, uh, three girls and a boy, uh, aged 19. Uh, Our boy is 16. And then we have a girl 14 and a girl 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: they keep you busy, I'm sure. They do. Yeah. 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 They're great kids. Um, Well... Tell us a little bit about you know who you are. What, what's your background? What kind of home did you grow up in? Where did you grow up?
0: Sure. I grew up in the East Coast on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, some of the best beaches in the world. Um, I grew up in a great home. My mom and dad had been married for over 50 years, and they are amazing. Um, they loved me and my sister, and uh, I was raised in a home that we were just really well cared for. I look back on that and it's a huge blessing Mm -hmm. and privilege to be raised in a home like that. Um, we, you know, weren't centered on Christ, um, but amazingly by God's grace, we just really loved one another and, uh, still do. So it was just a privilege to grow up there. Um, after high school, I went to college outside Boston and, uh, that's where some of the morals that my parents raised me with started eroding as I had more freedom and I really didn't have uh, the life of Christ at all in me. Um, so I really started to explore what this world had to offer. And uh, so whether that was, uh, yeah, just with my own independence, um, started to get involved in a variety of things, whether partying or um, just studying in, in, in just trying to figure out what this life was about, and without Christ, um, yeah, it's quite a journey. Um, meaning that you really don't have a, an understanding of the bigger picture that God is involved in, in your life.
1: Okay. Um, so, how, how did you how did you come to know Christ mm-hmm. then? If you, if you weren't in
0: that environment and sure, well. After college and working in Boston for a few years, I uh, quit my job and moved out to Colorado, out to the mountains, and figured that that would be the place where I'd find purpose and meaning the mountains of the Rockies. And so a buddy and I quit our jobs and literally loaded up our, our vehicles and headed out and ended up in uh, the Vail Valley. Uh, there we uh, both found jobs and I found a job at a restaurant which really afforded me the time to ski all day that's what I wanted to do Um, so I worked all night and skied all day and um, you know you have some expectations when you move to a new place of what it may be like and at 23 you're really excited for this new adventure and quite honestly um, I think Colorado Exceeded my expectations from a worldly perspective. Um, the restaurant that I worked in, I my commute was skiing into work, which was oh, really wow. amazing. Like you know that that was my commute as opposed to fighting the traffic outside Boston. Um, that was quite a change. Uh, the team I worked with at this restaurant was like family. Uh, we did everything together, um, and it was a lot of it centered on the outdoor component which i loved you know i love to be able to ski in the summer uh, mountain bike and we would mountain bike up to work mm. um, and also working in the ski industry it afforded quite a bit of time off we had the fall and the spring off what was called the mud season so that allowed me to travel quite a bit and adventure and go see the world and that's what i wanted to do i really had this intention of living life to the fullest Um, not knowing that Christ actually came for that purpose, but um, that I was really intending on not getting into my 50s, looking back and saying, what did I do? I was in a suit and tie job my whole life. I wanted to avoid that at all Uh, possibility. So anyhow, I moved out and, um, yeah, as I said, experienced life in a greater way than I expected. Um, But... After eight years of that, um, was I, re- I remember specifically, I, I woke up one beautiful Colorado um, morning, blue sky, looking out. And um, I was laying in bed, and I love mountain biking. And I was looking out, and I was like, I don't even want to get on my bike. What's, what's the point? What's mm. the purpose? Mm. There's got to be more than this. And it really started me thinking that something was wrong with me. I thought I had maybe an iron imbalance or something. Something was out of whack. So I ended up going to a local doctor and uh, getting checked out. Like, there's physically something wrong with me, Doc. And um, he, he's like, uh, I, You're actually fine physically, but I think you're depressed. Mm. And in my arrogance and pride, I was like, There's no way that Pete Hammond is depressed. I didn't move out to Colorado to be depressed. I moved out to Colorado for the opposite of that. And uh, that really started stirring in my heart. I think the Lord was stirring in my heart. Like, you have been indulging uh, the desires of the flesh, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2. You've been indulging these things. And it's kind of like a child at a box of chocolates with, you you have the multi-variety pack and you're like, I'll try this one, and I'll try this one, and I'll try that one. And then you get to the second tier of those chocolates, and you're like, Whoa, well, what about that one, and what about this one? And after you indulge, you're just like, oh, man, my, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, can't, mm-hmm. I can't eat anymore. Yeah. And um, that, was, that was what it was like. I, I, and it was really a confusing time because I didn't set out to move to Colorado to be depressed. I set out to Colorado mm-hmm. to live life to the fullest and not miss out. Into adventure and journey and and really, yeah, just live in a hedonistic lifestyle, which was all about me, um, and it's pretty confusing when that isn't kind of panning out in your heart. Um, so I I was left, you know, got that answer from the doctor, like I think you're depressed. I'm like, no way. So my next step was actually to move to Southern California. Um, There was an opportunity to move there. I'm like, that's great. So loaded up the car and moved out there for the summer. Figured the beaches of Southern California would provide what I needed. Um, And it did temporarily. You know, it did for that summer. um, But there was still a restlessness in my heart. And couldn't explain it. And that's super frustrating when nothing is satisfying. Um, That summer, uh, I worked at a horse track in, in Del Mar, California. Really? Yeah. yeah, and it was it was just a totally different lifestyle, but um, lived worked at a horse track there, and uh, one of the girls I worked with had a roommate, and we would all as a group go down at, at, at the end of work and go down to the beach and either surf or play volleyball, um, and I met this one girl who uh, was different, okay. and I was like, oh, what's going on? You know, I it's like, what, what's up with this girl? And... Um, Anyhow, it turns out she was uh, a Christian, um, and I didn't know any believers, And uh, but there's something different about her, and I remember one Saturday night, we were hanging out, a bunch of us, and she just mentioned the fact that she's going to church tomorrow, and I'm like, you know, I think I'll join you. And, Why? Why? Uh, not because I had an interest in going to church, okay. but because I had an interest in Beth, and she was going. So okay. I was like, ah, oh, maybe I can impress her or something. But there was, a, there was, you know, I think, again, the Lord was working without me even realizing it, okay. and I remember that morning, clearly, walking across a parking lot to this church building, and internally, just a mess. I wanted to run the other way. Hmm. I did not know what was going on behind these walls, but from what I gathered it would have been a freak show and you know just all these stereotypes about what would be happening behind the walls of a church and the doors of a church Um, I didn't run off I made it into the church building and I do remember worship happening and the most striking thing to me was as the pastor shared the word of God um, it started to stir something in my heart I wasn't Right then and there, like, oh, I believe in Jesus. But it started raising questions in my mind. And I remember the after that service, for the next few hours, um, I think the Lord was stirring questions in my heart that were deeper than anything. I had really been pondering um, for a while. And uh, it was great. It was a great conversation with Beth. Um, And it was more than, at that point, than just... Trying to impress her or anything like that, the Lord was really uh, raised some things in my mind that are like, wow, these are deeper things to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. That began the journey, I think, of me then seeking out um, a church to go to, and uh, so Southern California was just part time. I went back to Vale, and uh, my friend got married at a church in Vale, so I re- recollect like going to that. Ceremony, and I said, "Well, that's similar to what I just went to." So I started going to this church in Vale, and um, I think a couple of the stereotypes I had, or the the hindrances from f- about Christianity for me, were were people and uh, God Himself, and He started breaking down these uh, these walls I had by bringing His Word to me and bringing people into my life. And uh, I was one of those guys who would go into the service and I'd be the first one out of there. Okay. Um, but a couple of guys started connecting with me, which was, was really impactful. And I was in my early 30s at this time. Um, and one guy invited me over to his house. And uh, we, he just said, hey, take a look at this one passage. It was Acts 1-8. I had no idea the context of it. I had no idea about anything of it. But we looked through Acts 1-8. And that was such a significant conversation with this guy I didn't really know too well. And we just really opened up this deep conversation, um, so much deeper than the conversations that my buddies and I would have that knew each other for at least 10 years. You know, Mm -hmm. we'd go to the bars with these buddies of mine and uh, tell the same old stories. The Word of God talked with this almost complete stranger, opened up this... um, this depth in my heart that was like wow this is this is something different and it was really cool and that i just met with this guy for a couple hours okay that was really cool
1: would, yeah. would this have been the first time that you really read the bible yeah okay yeah so that's interesting you know of of all the verses to take you to <laughs> I know to take you to to one eight which is uh-huh. a great verse right you know but not necessarily one that I think I would would have thought of no to to take uh to take a non-believer nor me now okay yeah so that's interesting you know how would how would you say that it was uh what what do you remember what some of the things were that, that drew your attention with it I mean just just to to so everybody knows what we're talking sure. about. It's, it's the beginning of Acts where Jesus is talking to his disciples before he ascends. And and, and he's, he's, he's talking, basically, a lot of people use the verse as a way of uh, laying out the whole book, uh, geographically even, the, the ministry, how it goes from Jerusalem to out, throughout the world. But it goes like this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea
0: and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Mm -hmm. So what was things that... (laughs) That's a really good question. I think we talked about the Holy Spirit. And I think that uh, the conversation, that was 20-something years ago. So I don't specifically remember, and I I agree with you. It's like an interesting verse to... come into as a non-believer and to be shown but whatever that was it really had an impact and it opened up i think just uh these doors um of conversing i think what it did is just opened up doors of conversing about the deeper things that i hadn't even really been thinking through
1: because there's some deep things there you know the holy spirit his activity in
0: us wow what a
1: what a thing to be hit with right off the bat. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's really
0: neat, though. Yeah, it is interesting to see how the Word of God truly does have this life and is active and is able to pierce down to the soul and spirit. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, the Lord was doing that in, in a variety of ways. But that was significant. Um, another way that the Lord... So that was just one meeting there with that gentleman. But um, one of the pastors... Um, at the church, invited me to meet with him, and uh, that was significant for me mm. to be invited uh, by a pastor because I really thought, "I'm like, don't don't you have other guys that you need to spend time with? You're spending time with me, like, wow!" And so we would meet at a coffee shop, and uh, we journeyed through the Gospel of Mark, and opening that up was just mm. just awesome, okay, and. What was significant to me was I'm just reading these words on a page that are leaping off to me about this guy, Jesus. And like I don't really know much about him, but as I'm reading him, there's this excitement in my heart that's just stirring. Mm -hmm. And it's not drug-induced. It's not Mm -hmm. alcohol-induced. It's not a a powder day. It's not a great bike ride. It's not another adventure. I'm just sitting here in this coffee shop. Reading about Jesus and it's just stirring in my heart like wow. a greater excitement than any of these other things wow. have produced. You know um,
1: that's that's what a great testimony there just to the power mm-hmm. of God's word. Right. You know that his it, he his word is truth. Right. And we were made for truth. Absolutely. And and when we come together, it's just amazing how it is it draws either draws us. Or it repels us, right. you know. We're either really taken with it, or we want to run from it. Sure. Uh, but I think it's because of the same thing. It's because this is truth, right? And are we, you know, is this what we are looking for? Are We looking for truth? Are we desiring truth, right? Or do we not want anything to do with it, right? Uh, so that's that's interesting. It's really inter- interesting to me.
0: Yeah, it is because you know, if we're seasoned. People believers walking with the Lord sometimes I wouldn't say we get jaded, but we can we can look at these stories and say, Yeah, I, I know that one, I read that one. But the depth of scripture is limitless. And mm. it is exciting to be reminded of the fact that as we do bring that to someone, it has life and yeah, power, like right. you said. Life and power to change a guy like me, who had actually I was opposed to Christ. I, I I didn't really want to have anything to do with christ and he continued patiently to be knocking on the door of my heart just like i'm here i'm here and i'm going to show myself more and more to you uh, through my word through my people through the work of my spirit um so it was it was powerful just mm-hmm. meeting there i remember it was kind of funny i remember sitting there with a bible open and None of my friends, none of the circle of people I ran with had any relationship with Christ. So it wasn't like people were coming from outside, except for Beth in Southern California. Uh, but no, no one in Vale was a believer. We, we just partied as hard as we could. Okay. And I remember uh, sitting in that coffee shop like, oh man, I'm going to be sitting here with a Bible open. And one of my buddies is going to come <laughs> in and just ridicule me. And sure enough... One of my buddies did come in, and uh, I, I was not—I didn't receive Jesus yet as my Savior. I was still exploring and, and 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 kind of pressing in a little bit to what this looked like. Um, and I remember him coming in, and it was pretty awkward at first. Afterwards, I went over to his house and I said, "Brian, this is what's kind of happening here. Um, I can't really explain it, but but I'm um, still... I'm looking at the Bible. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm I'm looking at the Bible. And another time, another buddy called me up, and I was heading to meet my this pastor at at a coffee shop. And my buddy said, "Where are you going? You know what are you doing?" He, he wanted to go out and party with me, and I'm like, uh, "I'm meeting a friend." He's like, "What friend?" And he just <laughs> kept battering me like, "Oh my word, I'm gonna have to tell him that I'm going to study the Bible." I was just like, you know, like. Not even a believer, and just like I can't believe I'm having to tell him. But eventually, it's just like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to study the Bible, uh, uh, and he's like, what? He's like, okay, well, after you're done with that, let's go party, you know. So it's just like this this uh, realm that the Lord was really stirring in my heart with. And another really cool thing is, um, you know, I was saturated in this world. Uh, it was really sweet to see how the Lord was convicting me. On various things, and uh, there was one instance where I had this material that was not not good for anyone, Um, and uh, and it was amazing how the Lord was like convicted my heart, and and He's like this, all this stuff, all these magazines in your life have no part in my realm and they're hindering you with your, your looking towards me. And um, mm-hmm. so I pondered, I'm like, what should I do with these? Should I give them to my buddies? I'm like, that's not going to do them any good. And again, this is before I became, came to faith in Christ. I literally that day cleaned out my whole closet, threw it all in the dumpster, and it was amazing to see the conviction of the Spirit and just really Him showing, like, this this portion of your life isn't life. It's actually causing death, and when you clear that out of your life, mm-hmm. it's actually gonna open up a, a easier avenue. Like it just, it's not compatible with your pursuit of me, and um, so that was significant. Yeah. It wasn't like it was just really powerful and really cool to see how the Lord did that.
1: Yeah, and that shows the faithfulness of the Lord, too. You know, the Holy Spirit convicting you, Mm -hmm. uh, though you didn't understand exactly what was going on there, but you did understand enough, though, that this was not compatible. Right. This is this is a hindrance to whatever positive is going on yeah exactly. that's interesting that's yeah. interesting so what, so you were still meeting with the pastor yes okay yes and were your friends starting to wonder what was going on
0: <laughs> maybe a little bit um i you know definitely was still in the party lifestyle but some of that some of that too started started went diminishing um yeah, I think some were. In fact, it's it's challenging when a fellow partier um, he mentioned one of my buddies mentioned this after I came to faith. He, he said, "It's really good what happened to you." He's like, "I don't believe in Jesus, but what happened to you is really good because you were going down a road that wasn't good." And this is a guy who's not a believer, who's a fellow partier, so you know that your life wasn't going. Down a good road when when someone is saying that and sees the change in your life and says uh, that was really good what happened to you so uh-huh. yeah it, it's interesting um it, it took about a year and a half of me journeying with the Lord before I humbled myself and submitted myself to the Lord there were opportunities at different church services I went that had altar calls and there was a wrestling I remember being in one church and there was a strong calling to go forward and, and give my life to okay, Christ. Okay. And there was this internal battle sure. that was going on in my mm-hmm. heart. And I didn't at that point. I, I, I remember distinctly like, nope, I'm not going to. Um, it took, like I said, about a year and a half. And, uh, it was after I came home from work. I worked in the evenings, came home late at night. Uh, and I felt like Peter, like, Lord, like He, Jesus is like, are you guys going to lead me too? And He's like, Lord, where else do right. do we have to go? Yeah, you have the words of life. Yeah, I'm alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was not with huge fanfare. It was actually at you know one o'clock in the morning, and I was like, Lord, you you've you've got me
1: in a great well, way by your by yourself, not with someone, just yep. in the Lord. Yep, that's exactly. Wonderful. Yeah, yep. That, that's that's testimony in and of itself. Of, of the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, that, you know, there I was telling students today in class that, that we had this one student years ago who came to us admitting not to be a believer, mm. uh, but wanting something. He wanted something positive, and he, right. had, he had seen other believers that he knew who had gone to Bible school, so mm-hmm. he thought, you know, I'll, can I come? And right. he said, yeah, we're not looking for perfect people as long as your heart is ready for the, for truth, to deal with something and, sure we would know, like to have you. And uh, you know I, I remember him coming, and you know the Lord working in my heart in 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 my conversations with him is don't ask don't don't ask him to uh, to if he's ready to accept christ don't do that don't ask he's ready to receive to entrust his life to jesus don't yeah. ask him and that was really hard, the Lord was working that right. in my heart because I had witnessed to enough people. Mm. To know that this guy was right, right, and he's he's he he may be ready right now, but the Lord just really gave a check and said don't don't do it mm. don't you dare ask right, and I remember watching him walk off after that first conversation, just thinking, oh man, <laughs> I hope I hope I'm hearing right from the sure. Lord on this, and then when the time did come, and he he did, you know, he came to me and he said hey, you know that thing we've talked about? And I did know, but I just said, what thing is that? And he says, that entrusting my life to Jesus thing. He said, yeah, that thing, okay. Mm. He says, I think I'm ready for that. Mm. Really? And, and I was ready to say, well, come on into my office. And he says, but this was a Friday. He said, but listen, you're busy right now, so we're not going to do it now. And I remember thinking, oh, no, no. And But the Lord, again, just working in my heart, don't do anything. Right. Don't say anything. I'm taking care of this. Mm. And so he came on Monday. He says, I'll come back on Monday. Man, I was in the office all day long. I didn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. And he, he did. He showed up. And uh, we went down into comfort uh, to the Dairy Queen. And we, we talked through this. And then the Lord gave me another check. Mm. I mean, this is all went against wow. everything that I had ever learned and how I had gone about this with other people. But the Lord told me this, don't you dare ask him to if he's ready to pray and then ask him to repeat mm. after you. Not that there's anything wrong. Sure. That, but the Lord was just telling me for this moment, mm-hmm. don't you dare do it. Right. And Charlie McCall happened to be there uh, sitting on the other side of the restaurant. And I asked the student if he would be okay if Charlie came over. So Charlie sat down next to us and I just looked at him and I said, you know, why don't you go ahead and just tell the Lord what you've been telling me? Mm. I am so thankful hmm. that the Lord told me to be quiet. Right. Because that was the most beautiful prayer hmm. I had ever heard. You know, where this, this, this guy just openly, hmm. you know, he, he didn't come from a Christian home. He didn't know how to, quote, unquote, pray. Sure. And he just talked to the Lord. And he, he said, he says, Jesus, I've been really successful in life. Yeah, He was a professional athlete. Mm. Uh, he said, I've, I've been successful. I've achieved a lot. And I'm miserable. I know I can't. I know I cannot attain what I mm. am pursuing. But I believe you've done it. Mm. And so, and he said this, I entrust my life to you. Mm. And the prayer was beautiful. And after he was, he said, amen. I look over to Charlie. (laughs) Charlie is crying Hmm. like a baby. Neither one of us had ever heard anything so pure and so beautiful, so genuine. Uh, And I just think it's a testimony. And one of the reasons I'm telling this is because it just it reminds. What you were saying reminds me of this: of the Lord is more than able Mm -hmm. and willing to work in our hearts to bring us to where we need to be. He will use us you know, to work with other people, to, 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 to explain things, but but to not get in the way right. of what the Lord is doing. And I think that's just that's just incredible to say that, you know, after being in the Word, this pastor taking you through things, and there you are, by yourself, only you and the Lord at night, and you know this is this is truth. This is right. this is this is for me. And to see how the Lord is so faithful with that. And you know, we sell Him so short. Mm-hmm. you know we feel like we 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 don't say it but we we act like he needs us mm-hmm. and and i think we try to find our significance in that so often that he needs me this is right. what he would have me but no it's it's so twisted you know we need him mm-hmm. and he doesn't need us but he wants us right and he's faithful to show himself to us but I'm sorry, I don't want to take up your time oh, with all this, but no, it, just, great. it just brought these memories sure. of, of watching that. So, uh, I'm curious, So, you, how old were you when, when you... Yeah, I was 31. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your friends, what happened there? Yeah, good
0: question. Um, well, the Lord uh, kept me at the restaurant I was working in. Um, it was interesting, prior to Christ... As I journeyed through this position more and more, I just needed to drink while at work, mm-hmm. and so you know it was it was I wouldn't like to say I admit it then, but if you looked at the if you looked at the description of an alcoholic at least during my seasonal times of work at that restaurant, I probably qualified as one okay. so I went from there. To completely opposite and thankfully the lord you know these are my friends i didn't come in then and like you guys are doing everything wrong now that i'm a christian no but he did leave me as a bartender at this restaurant and and there were things that now i mean i was just convicted and i I, i'm like i can't be just giving away alcohol and shots to my buddies Wow, and you know, they're like, what in the world happened to you? And I'm sure a lot of them thought like, oh, this, you know, guy. Thankfully, I didn't get, like, a ton of heat for it, but I, you know, I just knew that this was not something that I was going to be endorsing or doing. And it was kind of interesting. It was like, mm-hmm. the you know, the fox and the hen coop. I, like, my life was completely changed, and so now um, this realm of all this partying and stuff um, ceased. Um, and... Yeah, people... You couldn't help but notice. And I'm I'm not... That's not... That's not me boasting. The Lord just radically changed my life. And the things I was seeking... And the things that left me empty and depressed... Got completely replaced by Christ Mm. in His life. So then it was joy replaced with depression. Mm. You know, and things like that. So, um, inevitably people noticed. Um one of my buddies, um, you know, I, I think several people wouldn't like we don't believe in Jesus, nor would we ever go that way, but we see a change in, in Pete's life. And it's it's significant. And so something, we can't deny that something has happened in his life. Mm. And so a few years later, it was great, one of the guys, when I looked around at my friends who didn't know Jesus, and those were all my friends, um, one guy in particular, particular stood out, and he was strongly pursuing things of the world. And in, in a lot of that was, how do I obtain money? How do I get rich? And so he had all these different ideas and would pursue them wholeheartedly and would draw others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this one guy and I said, "If Lord, if you get a hold of him, mm-hmm. I know you don't need him. But if you get a hold of him, everyone is going to hear about you. Because he's finally going to understand truth and who you are. And sure enough, probably two years later, um, this guy came to faith. And I was was so blown away. I was like, Lord, forgive my unbelief, but I can't believe this is happening before my eyes. Because I had a privilege of being... Part of the conversations, part of really just sharing Jesus with him. And as you were saying, just being led by the Lord to like, here, here is Christ. This yeah. is what I'm pointing you to. And, and so we'd have great open conversations, and I'd, I'd feel the freedom to say, where are you? Like, where are you in this journey right now? And he's like, oh, I don't believe it yet, but there was a point where he came to faith in the Lord and and then eventually came on staff here at Timberline. Yeah. And, and we served together. So two guys who were completely clueless about the Lord, um, partying like crazy, um, were totally transformed and then serving at a Bible school. How ironic is that? It was hilarious to work <laughs> side by side with a guy that, You know, I was involved in all sorts of things with, and he completely changed us from the inside out. Mm. That was that was awesome, and an awesome privilege. And sure enough, like everyone who encounters him, just sees Christ. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, that's an incredible testimony to the fact that when when Christ saves us, he's not he's not putting a bandaid on us. He's not interested in fixing us up. He's all about changing us. Mm-hmm. We become a new man, right? And the old is gone. Yeah, the new is con- we are no longer what we were. Right. We're now what we were always intended to be. Amen. And you know, and, but, and it just uh, you know I just see how you, you're in this in this conversation. I'm I'm seeing a theme of you you keep coming back to this is what the Lord has done. Mm-hmm. He is faithful. You know, he's he's doing things that you you didn't you didn't realize what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But he was faithful to do that. And I think that's a great reminder for us Mm. because we in the evangelical world can downplay, so easily can downplay the work of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the reality of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. um, and and, and the faithfulness of God by his Spirit to work in us Mm -hmm. his truth that is revealed in Christ. And we are, you know, it's, we're in such good hands, but we keep getting in the way. Right. Uh, Right. But that's, and again, that's further testimony to his faithfulness and his patience with us. Okay, so I'm curious, you've mentioned Beth a couple of times. Yes. And I'm sure the listeners have started to catch on to something here. Sure. But how did Beth end up back in your life? Because she's still out in California during all this, right? She
0: is. And this is a, just another testimony to the Lord's goodness. Um, I lived um, with in relationships just in a total secular manner, just all about myself. Um, the way that I led Beth prior to knowing Christ, because we knew each other prior to me knowing the Lord, I had no idea how a relationship was to be conducted in a godly manner. It wasn't even on my radar screen. I didn't even care. I cared about myself. Uh-huh. I loved myself. Mm-hmm. I liked Beth, but you know there was no true care for her um, mm-hmm. in in any sense of now what I understand truth to be. And so a good question on what happened. Um, we started dating. She was an A new believer, I was not not recommended. I I do not. This is an endorsement on going this route, um, so don't use that as an excuse to any listeners. Um, But um, but but we we kind of bumbled with me trying to lead, not knowing the Lord. Um, You know, I didn't lead her, her prior to knowing Jesus to Jesus. I led her away. From Christ. Um, but thankfully, I did come to faith and uh, my eyes were opened. And uh, that same pastor who spent time with me really challenged me on the way we were living. And at the same time, she was being discipled and realized the way we were living was not honoring to the Lord and wasn't healthy to her and to us. And um, so, we were living in a manner physically that, you know, was going well beyond any any healthy <laughs> means. Um And the Lord convicted, well, right after I came to faith, the Lord convicted Beth and opened her eyes to the way we were living our lives. And um, we're still long distance, and she was coming to visit me. I was really excited to see her. For all the wrong reasons, mm. um, and I remember picking her up at the airport, really excited to see her. And as we're sitting in the car, she said, "We can't be doing this anymore." Mm. I'm like, oh, "Can't be doing what?" You know, like sh- I should probably I should be leading in this conversation, but but she is because she's getting convicted, and she's like, "We can't be physical anymore." I'm like, "We can't." Like I was a believer like a month, and. It was as if someone just popped the balloon, let all the air out of of the sails. I was just like, what in the world? And in my mind, I'm like, then how in the world can we have a relationship? If we can't be physical, how in the world is this going to work? Hmm. And as I'm sitting there and frustrated and just like, that's it, it's over. As I'm sitting there, the Lord convicts me and said, Peter, she is not calling you to this i am and wow. i'm 31 i should know better but i'm a new believer and i don't and it was significant and so i sat there not knowing what would happen next not knowing how this journey would happen um our it was the emergency got break got pulled and it was like okay we can hold hands and that's it like wow but it was amazing to see God's goodness and Him showing me how good it is to actually walk in His ways. Because I had this line of devastating relationships where I left this wake of not nothing good. Wow. Yeah. And then the Lord totally transformed that and it was amazing. Um, that summer, I was heading back to Southern California... Uh, The summer prior to that, I was actually living with Beth because it was convenient. Mm. Um, And this next summer, it was like, I'm not going to be doing that. And my option was moving back to the home I originally went out to, which was Party Central. And I was like, Lord, this does not make any sense. Like, you're taking me out of this relationship physically and then you're placing me into this atmosphere that's this huge party scene. But the Lord's like, I'm calling you to this and you just have to trust and walk with me and so this was so good like this was really early on and my walk with the Lord it was months into my walk with the Lord so I moved out to Southern California to work back at the horse track for the summer and I pulled up to the house and the family bought this new motorhome, like this big thing and they said Peter you can live out there Oh wow. and I was like no way I had this whole motorhome to myself, like king size bed. I wasn't involved in the partying. I could just go in and out of that as I pleased. And it was just amazing to see Mm. the Lord calling me to this and saying, you don't know what's going to be playing out, but you're just, your role is to, to obey what I'm asking you to do and what I'm, what I'm calling you to do, I'm going to provide, but it was you know, as an infant, and I was an infant, just really learning to trust the Father. And, um, and again, was, he's showing himself faithful. Oh, my word. Beyond what I could ever have imagined. Yeah. Yeah. So that summer, you know, we're in our early 30s. We don't have mom and dad looking over our shoulders. Right. Beth lives in an apartment by herself, in a house by herself. And the Lord was so good. You know, we would have dinner together, but shortly after dinner, I would head home because I know myself and I know that if I stayed on the couch, the next thing it would be, it would be going down a road or my buddies would be like, yeah, right. So I, the Lord is so good. And, and that summer was just amazing. I got to know Beth for who she was oh, with yeah. taking the physical nature out of it. Right. It was so good. Mm. I, I, I can't, it was like, Oh my word, Lord, you're blowing my mind right now. Mm. This is the way it's supposed to be. Mm. And I f- think like, for people who have never gone down that road, they're like, well, what is what about the other side of things? Like, you see these people in a relationship and they're not married and they're physical and it looks good, and it's like, no, it, it isn't. It's just causing devastation. It doesn't look like it right now, but that's what it's reaping. Mm. Continue to stay faithful. Like, the Lord is good. His word is good, and He's he means the best for us. Mm. And so I saw that, and the Lord cleaned up our act and my act and kept us really from... Anything for the next year before we got married. It okay. was it was
1: so amazing. So th- this is this was the relationship you were in uh, for a year, mm-hmm. and then you, and then you got married.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, yeah. So at that same time, uh, I also um, guys at my church were going on a men's retreat. Um, I had no idea what a men's retreat was, <laughs> I, <laughs> but um, they invited me to that. I was single and uh, I was like yeah I'll go and it was over at this place in Estes Park called Ravencrest oh, okay. so I journeyed over there with some of the guys from church uh, went to this men's retreat and um, when we got there the the rumor was Major was speaking and I was like Major? Who in the world is Major? I have no idea what you're talking about um, but Major Thomas was speaking okay. um, that, that weekend along with Frank Cerrone and Wayne Weissman yeah. and Chris Thomas and all communi- communicating the life of Christ. So, you know, I've probably been walking with the Lord for a month and then hear this message of the life of wow, Christ and like, wow. oh, my word, this is what I've been looking for my whole wow, life. wow. Yeah. So it was transformational. It was just two days. Um, but over the cor- over that weekend, I heard some of the staff talking about a new Bible school starting.
1: Can I stop you there for sure. just a second? Sure. What- Do you remember specifically what it was that was just so uh, Mm. um, eye-opening to Mm -hmm. you and listening to these men? Well... Because it's interesting. The reason I ask this, I think this is interesting to me because I had been a believer for 14 years Mm -hmm. before I came to hear. And it's not that I wasn't being told this. It's just I wasn't hearing this. Sure, But it took 14 years for me to hear what you're talking about. Right. And I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, only being a believer for such a short time. And then hearing this, what What was it that was just so eye-opening to you?
0: Yeah, I remember um, Wayne speaking on the Feast of Israel. Mm-hmm. And this weaving and pointing to Christ was rocking my world. <laughs> it was amazing how the Passover and all these different feasts... We're pointing to Christ, and I'm like, oh my word, this is unbelievable. This is all weaving together in this arrow pointing to Jesus, mm. and just the fulfillment that was seen in Christ. And that was just one thing, but I think um, it was it. It truly was what I was longing for and seeking in my life, trying to fill my life with the things of this world, and it's like, wow, it's. Opposite that it is this life in Christ because at that point I realized I, I can't do this, I can't fulfill the needs that I'm longing for, I can't do any of it. Is there an answer? Mm-hmm. And then when it is fulfilled in Christ and His sufficiency, and that communicated to me, I'm like, that, Yeah, I, I resonate with the fact that. I cannot do this. I can, I cannot walk this life apart from him and his power in me. And right. so I think that was significant. That was like, you know, there's this coming to faith. Like, yes, I'm going to be rescued from hell and placed to heaven. But there's more to it than that. Yes. It's this journey of life here on earth. Like, I was trying to eat that out and seek that. But there's life here now. Yeah. Like, whoa. That is awesome. Yeah. It's Christ yeah, empowered. It's right. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Like, whoa, come on. But John 17, 3,
1: that this is eternal life, knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ, his son. Yes. Knowing mm-hmm. you know? And so eternal life is not something that we look forward to. When we are saved, we step into eternal life because this is him. Right. He is eternal. This is. His life, and the privilege of knowing Him, perceiving, recognizing Him as we go, as we do life, you know, throughout the day, not just when we're reading the Bible or Mm -hmm. going to church or going on a retreat, right? And yeah, that's that's just again, we see the faithfulness of the Lord taking this young believer Mm -hmm. who has known nothing up till just recently, and then just again opening your eyes and showing you the the depths of this life that you've entered into. right? What an incredible testimony. Yeah, it's awesome. That's That's, that's so so good. So you heard about this new center that was gonna be starting up? Right. Okay.
0: I just heard two of them talking, just happened to be walking by, and I paused and asked, I said, could you tell me a little bit more about that? They weren't announcing it. They were Mm -hmm. just talking amongst themselves, so I just happened to hear it. And they said, yeah, we're starting uh, approval Came for came through for this place in in Winter Park to uh, do this Bible school. I'm like, well, can you tell me more about it? I'm like, yes, in Winter Park, it's going to be from September through December, and <laughs> it's fun to hear from the Lord. I'm like, I don't have to make a decision. I, I'm just have to <laughs> be obedient. I'm going there, <laughs> and so literally, I didn't even. I, I I really I talked to the principal a few times, but I I. I didn't need to inquire about rooming. I didn't need to... I just mm. needed to know where it was and when it started.
1: So you were part of the first class here? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, 30. It used to,
0: and it used to be uh, short term. Now it's now it's a full nine-month right. program. Yeah. Okay. So it so, fit perfectly into my time off. Um, at that same time, uh, Beth... You know, I was sharing so much about what I learned over that weekend to Beth. Yeah. And then I told her about the Bible school. So this was in the spring that uh, spring of oh one um that i'm telling her about this and saying like yeah i'm really going to be I'm, I'm, I'm going there and so that starts stirring in her heart like i don't know if i want to endure three months of listening to what's going on i want to experience this too <laughs> oh
1: that's awesome. yeah
0: so it was really a cool journey she had you know she had her life set in southern california she had a great church community, she had a great job, a house right near the beach that's really hard to get, you know, and yeah. so it was, it was ideal, and so she starts thinking like, maybe I should join this too, maybe I should quit my job and move out to Winter Park, um, so she went to her boss, and her boss said, no, 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 we will give you a raise, we'll, we'll make sure that you're going to stay so it, over the course of the summer it was kind of this little uh roller coaster like she's coming she's not she's coming she's not and um so that kind of set in her heart like maybe i, I won't be going but the owner um got word of it and he's like no we're not going to give her any any raise so beth's like i'm going then and so she um yeah she packed up all her stuff and and left her community there one thing that I want to add that I'm so thankful for, um, because being an immature young believer, not knowing how, really learning how godly relationships should function, uh, my pastor said something simple. He said, if, if Beth is going to move out to be with you, if she's leaving all her life to come near you, mm. you better make sure that you're marrying her. Mm. And I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't like some long-term like dating relationship. This is, this is serious. So when she was wrestling through that, in my heart, I knew that if I didn't want to marry her and do that in a, in a timely manner, then I should say, you know, stay, stay back. Uh, we didn't discuss this, which we probably should have a little bit more, <laughs> but I knew in my heart, like, okay, she's moving out there. And she did. And she ended up coming out, and we went to Bible school together. We were in our 30s. Um, you know, our roommates were 18. It was hilarious. I don't know if it was great for them, but it was great for us. <laughs> it was really good. Um, yeah, I, those were fond memories. And we really enjoyed just hearing more about the life of Christ mm. um, through fantastic teachers, through torchbearers that came in and shared. And we were able to spend time with them and really glean. I mean, it was not just classroom teaching, it was time outside that, time with fellow believers, with our directors and um, and principal—it was—it was—it was a special time for us. So um, we we journeyed through that, and halfway through that three-month semester, we uh, I, I asked Beth to marry oh, me. Wow. So that was great, and we got married um, the following April. Okay, so, yeah. And so now, how long have you been married? We have been married twenty, almost coming up on twenty-one years. We just celebrated twenty years. Hmm. 21 yep. years
1: and, uh, and and most of those years have been
0: right here at Timberline. Yes, they have. Um, we didn't anticipate coming back to Timberline. We went back to um, the Vale Valley where we were involved in the ski community and just figured we'd settle there and continue to work there, which we did um, that winter before we got married. And then we got married um, and then came back. Actually, what happened over the Summer um, was the gentleman was in the program role stepped down, and they needed someone to help out for that second Bible school uh, in the program side of things. So okay. they called us up, asked, if, asked us if we wanted to join, and we're like, "Well, we like hiking and biking. Um, sure, we'll go there. <laughs> we're not really experienced in leading thirty people doing that, but um, so it was probably a typical experience of many torchbearers, where it's like you get called to go do something, and you're not really thinking that you're equipped with much practical understanding of it. So we entered into that and, and did it. And it was good. It was stretching. It was um, a really special time for us as a newly married couple to spend three months back at Timberline. Wow. And at the end of that, they asked uh, the, the team here asked us to come on full-time staff. Uh, we declined, actually, and really wanted to go back to uh, our church in Vail that had a 10-month Discipleship program, and we, we did go do that okay. um, just to get a little bit better foundation in, in the Word and understanding of how this Word of God all kind of mm. came together and fit together, and so we studied that and served in the church, and um, then after that program um, in the summer of 2004, we came here full-time, Okay. and Beth thought we were going to be here two or three years, and like I said, it's been 19 or so. Wow, yeah. wow.
1: Yeah, and uh, and you've uh, you've had all your children here. Uh, one of them now is off starting her her solo, and mm-hmm. uh, she's in Bible school now. Yes, that's, that's great. That's really neat. Well, wow. You know, I, I just you know Pete really appreciate you spending time and, and and sharing the story with us. Certainly, it's it's just so encouraging to be reminded of God's faithfulness toward mankind it's not his will that any should perish mm-hmm. no but all come right to that saving knowledge and and, and then to the to, to the, again the testimony that you know he wants us to to know him mm-hmm. and to to uh, abide right in his son and and to 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 mature you know, like paul says you know he's all he would constantly in the epistles was mm-hmm. Really insisting on that maturing mm-hmm. and 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 to to living that life where you know we could agree with him and say for me to live is Christ mm-hmm. and you know what what a great encouragement I really appreciate
0: it. Thanks for spending the time with us. Sure, my pleasure. And yeah, I just love. Um, I think of Jeremiah and uh, Jeremiah talks to the uh, people of Israel and says you have forsaken. Two things. You, you, you've, you've forsaken me, the fount of living water, and um, you've gone after empty things that have made you actually empty. Mm. You, 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 the things that you've gone after that aren't of me, you're, you, you've become. And so he just encourages them to return to the living water, um, the one who provides that. And I think of Christ saying, like, I'm the bread of life. Like, eat from me and you'll never hunger drink from me and you'll never thirst and it's so true and Mm -hmm. we have that privilege of doing that now Mm -hmm. so if you haven't been do it like he is here uh you can do that right now and enter into that fullness of christ amen yeah
1: well thank you i appreciate
0: it very much amen
1: thank you thank you for tuning in to the his hill podcast today you've been listening to our host Kelly Doherty, and Pete Hammond, the program director at Timberline Lodge in Fraser, Colorado. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Pete this week and that his testimony was an encouragement to you and your walk with the Lord. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you can contact him via email at kelly at hishill.org. You can also keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook for more Bible School updates. Thanks again for tuning in with us today remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. I'm Lizzie and we'll see you next week.